All right, everyone. Welcome to another edition of What's What BR. We have returning guest friend Wes Watts. How are you, Wes? Doing great, Brandon. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me again, man. I always look forward to this. So, doing great. Absolutely. Get a bunch of information. Get to find things out. Feel like I'm in the know a little before everybody else, and then we release it, and everybody else finds out. That, that's the whole. Like, get the scoop, right? And that your job is to get the scoop. So hopefully, I have something for you to scoop. But I've always told everybody, not investigative. You know, but at the end of the day, you know, just sometimes every now and then we get a little nugget that falls out. There you um, go. We had some stuff with uh, Adam Knapp came on uh, a week or two ago and had a little bit of information. It was like, hey, when's this going out? You know, okay. Yeah. You know, I'll tell you, but don't tell nobody. Right, right. Um, so, um, so how are things? What's going on over, you know, on the other side of the river over there? So oh, anybody yeah. doesn't know. You are superintendent for the West Badgers Parish School System. Yep, over there, that big guy crazy. on campus. So, what's happening over there? Oh man, um, closing out the first semester. It's hard to believe that we're we're finishing up another semester. You know, um, uh, December seventeenth will be our last day of the first semester, and so uh, this year, somewhat normal. You know, uh, in terms of school, uh, always it's a few little things, but it's just nice that from a from a um, impact on school perspective, COVID has been almost a non-issue. And as soon as I say that, watch, you know, you'll have 75 cases tomorrow, but it's been almost a deal in our school district uh, for months now. And that's been really good. Uh, it's been nice. It's been nice to be back at school without masks and seeing kids' faces and just, uh, yeah, getting back to what, you know, again, school should be about the joy of teaching and learning. And, and like we've gotten back to some of that. And you guys have always had it seemed like every time we've talked to you, the numbers are always low, hasn't been a major, you know, issue, just y'all have done a great job of just holding it back. Yeah, our so, schools are just wading through it. Yes, both, both. I would just say, I can't say enough about our teachers and our staff, man, for um, what they've done. We met with them in the, uh, the summer of 2020 before last school year and just said, hey, our kids need to be at school. Here's our safety procedures um we're going to take care of you but we have to provide for our kids and our families that parents have to work kids need to be at school kids need to, they learn better there and they stepped up we did some virtual options and some things last year that we're not doing this year but all in all we had a we had a spike at one school close to, to november of last year we had an elementary school where we probably shut a couple of classes down uh last year and then right before school started this year you saw a little bit of a spike uh, but, it, but a lot of that waned before school started, or at least a lot of those kids that maybe tested positive then never stepped foot on campus until their quarantine period was over. And since then, I'm just going to tell you, it's, it's, been, it's been really good. Our schools have done an amazing job and just very thankful that we haven't had a lot of sick kids and, um, you know, we just haven't. And our, the mentality of our people has been great. So... With that, it sounds like things are, you know, moving in place, got kids in school doing some things, but you guys did, and we talked a little bit about it last time, and I got kind of geeked out on it, the uh, network that you put in place. How's that? Is that, you still seeing people actively, you know, is that, do you think that helps? It's got to help more, right? You know, for some of these kids that don't have access. Yeah, so, um, and we won't see that, you know, results of that maybe for a while, but we know it has to help um, the kids because so much is done on Chromebooks or, you know, individual devices. Now, if a kid goes home and doesn't have access to it, what, what good is it to them? They can't access the work. Maybe they've done at school. 
you don't have as many textbooks now because you have the device and all the information stored on the device or they can get to it through the cloud um, or, or whatever through our network anyway so this cradle point um, uh, project that we've done has been has been amazing we have 12 of them installed and what that is is wherever there's no access it's almost like a glorified hotspot you, you install that on a pole uh, run power to it and it shoots a, a, um, a Wi-Fi signal for a certain parameter about 200 square feet but like we have one that covers an entire uh, apartment complex we'll put them at the front of trailer parks we'll put them at places where uh, where our students so we have a map of what students don't have access to Wi-Fi and it's been such a big deal that, um, you know, I uh, told you before on air that the United States Secretary of Education could possibly uh, come see it. Um, it's supposedly coming to Baton Rouge in a couple of weeks. They reached out and said, hey, we'd like to see a couple things. What have you done with your ESSER money? And this is one of them. Um, and look at our early childhood program. And when I told them about the cradle points and what we were doing, they said, you know, they were just... Uh, so they hadn't heard anything like that across the country, so we're pretty excited about it. Now, I'll, I'll throw some props out there to my, my good friend and great superintendent, uh, Hollis Milton in West Louisiana. They've done some good work. In that. Also, a lot of people have, but I just know that um, Hollis and Emma have done a, a great job in trying to provide access for their students, and I think we have also. Yeah, I'll have to reach out. He texted me the other day. And yeah. We were, kind of, we were on a text thread, and then it it's aggravating off topic but for god if anybody knows anybody at apple can we please make it where i can go make a text message unread you know like it would i completely yep drives me insane weird. So, so that reminds me i need to go back to him but i read the message i was supposed to respond and probably didn't so that's how anyway, i remember but yeah that's how i remember what i'm doing because i unread, uh, unread my emails so i know which ones i need to go back and address but the text message yeah, yeah that's a good point it's you can't do it on a text message. I've gotten nope. so I've gotten in so much trouble with so many people because I'll read it and be like, "All right, I'm gonna do that," and then the phone will ring, and then it's buried inside yeah. of the other text messages. Yeah. So. So anyway, so yeah, so that's I don't want to skip over. You said it quickly, but that's you know the U.S. Secretary of Education. That's about as high as it gets, right? Uh, so. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, United States Department of Education, one of the secretaries, and you know, in the presidential administration. So yeah. Yeah, so that's pretty neat. Yeah. yeah, we're excited about it. It's not. We're waiting for you know confirmation. I've been talking back and forth with their staff, with his staff, and uh, yep. So it's yeah. We should know something for sure this week. But it, and talking to them, they sound like it was pretty much a done deal that they're going to be here. That'd be amazing. I'll sign yeah. up for a ticket to come see. Yeah. You. So, yeah. so tell me what um, we had talked a little bit about. You've got some of these, you know, the simulated scores. And that was a new term for me, but you've got some simulated score data in, you know, that's starting to show up and data is what everybody wants, right? So Yeah, so was, we did our, we had our spring testing, right? Our LEAP um, testing that we do every year and um, we didn't have it last year because of, you know, obviously the pandemic and all those things. And you had the school shut down in the spring um, before that. So this past year, um, we, we had our spring testing like normal, but the scores are not necessarily revealed officially um, just because part of your score is dependent on, on what's called growth. Um, you have a growth index and it's just determined by students and how, how much are they progressing towards that mastery level. The mastery on, on your, um, your LEAP scores is the target mastery in advanced. And uh, you have a, a growth to mastery target for your kids. Like, I guess the best way to explain it, if you have five years to make 100 points, you have to 
you know, you have to catch up 20 points every year to hit that target, right? And so you get points for that. Well, when you don't have scores from the year before, it's hard to to determine that progress. How much did students really grow? Because you were out before, it was virtual before. And so they did, it on, it's kind of a, they, they came up with a formula to try and give you an idea. And it's, you know, we feel like it's fairly accurate, uh, the data we've received. So those came out, it's simulated because it won't be released officially. Um, there won't be letter grades with them. Uh, but you know, I, I, I'm really proud of Louisiana and what we did during the pandemic and uh, that we had a lot of school in, and we've said this before face-to-face -face more than most states in this country and uh, the work that we did and those scores um, you saw a little bit of drop-off but not like it could have been you could have seen a disastrous drop-off in student performance uh, because of I mean you lost 25 percent of one school year right uh, with the shutdown in, in March, on March 13th that infamous day uh, but I think our schools did a really good job for the most part, and uh, so those scores are out. Um, you know, our school performance score, which if it was it's simulated, if you looked at it compared to our 19 score, dropped less than a point. Which you say, well, it dropped, yeah, but in the midst of all of that, it's, it's, yeah. we did pretty well. And our and our price points, our student. I can remember. It sounds very. I equated to the business side of things. It's almost like budgeting. You know trying to figure out you know where budgets you know are supposed to fall and we've had this conversation me and a couple of publishers were having not too long ago it was like how do you compare like are we going yeah. back off we, we don't want to go off of 2020 numbers we don't want to go back to 19 where does it fall and then you started looking at you know where different things were and one of the guys in the room he's like i don't know about y'all but i'm looking at my numbers and i've never been so excited about such mediocrity in my life <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want to say it that way because you know once you the whole thing once you lick from the uh, the lollipop of mediocrity you'll suck forever right so I don't want to go there but um, I, I am proud of the, the work we did um, for our kids and that our kids progressed as much as they did uh, obviously you always want more uh, but I'm pretty pretty proud of um, of what we did across the board for our students and what our students did. Uh, you know, in the midst of all the things that they face. Here's what, and somebody posted to me uh, recently, uh, something about, do you think distance learning or the, the, um, maybe the lack of teacher preparation for teaching um, distance learning or the shift to distance learning, all of those things had an impact on scores maybe not moving like, every, you know, like they normally would. And I, I would just say this, students had never been exposed to distance learning. I think our teachers, they crammed, they prepared, and they found a way um, to be prepared and be able to, pro to provide um, a good quality product in terms of instruction for our students. But students had a huge, uh, a huge adjustment to make. Sitting in a classroom with your classmates and a teacher, there's a, there's a culture to it, right? There's a feel, there's a rhythm, there's a cadence to it. That's almost mm -hmm. impossible to build virtually. That virtual environment doesn't provide that, right? It's hard to get that cadence. It's hard to get that rhythm because what if mm -hmm. something blinks or something breaks or maybe there's a delay in something and then uh, who's talking over who uh, virtually. So you lost a lot of that. So I think the student adjustment was a much bigger issue than, than the teacher adjustment. Yeah, I think the teachers got it. And I don't know how I had, you know, I've got some young ones. I got a 13 year old daughter uh eight-year-old twin boys them you know i guess what at the time were they seven six i don't even know math where it falls it's 
trying to get them to sit in front of a screen. Like, that's just not, they don't even, you put their favorite show on TV, they don't sit still. You know, and bounce around. I got flipping. Yep. Yep, it's very common, even at the age where they are right now, for me to go walk in my living room and see at least one of my twins like sitting upside down, you know, looking and watching TV. How we expect to just wave a wand and say, hey, stare at the screen and you're going to get it. You lose all that interaction. You know, you lose. It could be the most interesting subject in the world. You know, it's, for instance, perfect example would be this podcast. We've been doing it now, shoot, almost two years or wherever, I don't know, almost uh, whenever COVID, I guess, officially hit, whenever that was, it's, people are asking like, hey, can we start doing it in person? And I'm like, I'm all for it, but just a lot of work. You know, yeah. like, you're going to get a car, right? And drive and, and then set up microphones yeah. and all that other stuff. But this will work, but this works for 15, 20 minutes, a quick check-in, trying like one teacher to asking them to connect over a screen with you know 20 kids i don't see how anybody would expect that to just wave a wand and work perfectly but the fact i guess to bring it all the way back to the point is we were able to do it and even though you've mentioned you know a one point drop it's like hey we we held our own despite everything that we had to go through and it might actually be a little bit better now that they've gone through this year you might see that you've jumped up because it really just needed some of that get back into the swing of Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so like getting used to it again. Yeah. I mean, we had to retrain kids. They had to relearn how to go to school. And think about your younger kids that had never really been in a, you know, a kindergartner, didn't really go to school in the first grade, maybe if they were virtual. And so you, you just nailed it because you create an environment in the classroom. It's a culture of that classroom. Again, that cadence. You're bringing, let's say, 20 students. Well, when you're doing it virtually, now you have 20 different cultures. And I'm just talking about environments, 20 different environments. So you have a, a salad now instead of a stew, right? Where you all come in and that, that environment's the same every day in that classroom for the most part to where it's different every, because you have 20 different environments wherever the kid is, right? Uh, mm-hmm. and so something that just, just something disruptive about that. And uh, we made it work and did the best we could. And uh, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people did, but it's still just not as effective. And, you know, and John Hattie has a lot of great research on the, the effect size, the impact of certain strategies. And a lot of that is the feedback, immediate feedback from the teacher and class discussion. And it's research proven that those things impact a student's ability to learn. And they're, they're learning. And um, a kid speaking about what he's learning and being able to summarize that and explain it to somebody, he has a quantitative way to show what that does. And it's amazing, you know, the, the value of those things to student achievement. Yeah, no, I think it's important. And I think, I think there's a balance. I like, I'm a tech guy all the way through. I think this is pushed, you know, to where it helps. Like the analogy that I use that I don't know if you guys do it, but it's like, I wish every school would do it where it's like, let's not get rid of the classroom doesn't need to be virtual, right? All the time. We need the classroom. We need people there, but it's like, why can't we put the camera in the class? and record the class, you know, or have the class. So when the kid, the child has to stay home or the kid's sick or, or it's, you know, we all, the world's kind of changing a little bit, you know, even most of my business is done, you know, here in Baton Rouge, I still, I've got offices, you know, in other cities and other States, I've got to get to them. I'd like to take my kids, you know, every now and then like cut out on a Friday, but if I could be like, Hey, you're going to be able to go back and watch that class that you missed, or you can, jump in live you know and see it going on 
to me, that's where some of this would be really awesome where we can kind of marry together. But I feel like sometimes people think it's, it's going to be one or the other. You got the camp who's like, we're going all virtual, you know, and then you got the other, it's like, no, we're going all school. I'm like, we can, it's not one or the other. Like, why can't we do both? They don't have to be mutually exclusive. I, I'm 100% with you. I think one of the great things that did, you know, like being one-to-one, -one, every kid having a device will provide for us is when that student's sick, instead of having mom to go, have to go by or dad to go by and pick up work and bring it home, why not just let him plug in and listen to class that day? Even if he can't really participate, he can listen to the teacher. He can listen to the discussion. He can get assignments, and he can do it in real time. And yeah. unless he's just too sick to do it or she's too sick to do it, I think that's the value of uh, the one-to-one, -one, that that added piece to it. I think you're spot on, Brandon. I think that's what we're trying to move towards. And, you know, I, I think it's a great idea. And uh, that's, to me, kind of the vision for why we have devices for every kid. But it's also why it's so important for every kid to have access from their home, right, so they can do that. And I think, you know, I, I really have ran with this, you know, this idea of the classroom and decided, you know, do I want to mess with it? Do I want to find somebody else? But it's almost, I even think as far as, like, there's a lot, there's things that my kids come home with that I'm like, I have no idea. Like, you put that common core math in front of me. I can't do it right. There's no way. I am useless to helping them. But if I had the ability to go, and this is where I think, and <clears throat> I'll get off of this kick here in a second, but if you follow me, we want parents to engage with kids. We want them to really help, you know? And in my mind, if you've got a class, you know, a class is what, like 40 minutes, 45, 50 minutes, an hour, you know, maybe. If I could sit with, you know, my daughter, if she didn't, there was something that she didn't understand and go, you know what? I really don't get it either, but let's do it together. Let's go pull it up and let's go back and watch the lesson together today. And I'll help you with it. A, I spent quality time, you know, with, you know, my daughter. I've helped her out. I might've learned something, but we kind of worked it together. And then she was able to kind of go, oh, I missed this because I was digging in my, you know, looking for a new pencil. I missed that one step and I got yep. it, but it would seem like that's the best, you know, of everything, you know, yep. right there where it's like, I want to go pull that, you know, roll the tape back. You know, it's, we talk about, you know, you've talked about how we don't tell people to go and be teachers often enough, you know, and teach your own thing, you know, but we, in every other profession, you know, in sports, what do they do? They go back and watch the game film. Yeah. You know, no doubt. Business is what I'm, you know, they go back and they look at things. It's like, this would be a really, this would be a tool, you yeah. know, that'd be useful, you know, to yeah. help kids, I think. And yeah. as sad as it is, there's a lot of kids that don't have those families that really want to, you know, help them, or maybe, you know, they've got parents that don't, that they could go back and just watch it, you know, roll the tape again on their own. To get the same kind of study. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. So, good point. Yep. And for those parents that maybe can't help in, in those ways, the biggest deal is just to make sure your kids know it's important. And, you know, you may not be able to help them with everything. So make sure it's important. But that is, that's a good point there, just having that access to seeing it again, you know. Yeah. So so running down, I'm going to bring us out. Gonna, we've got, uh, you said, 17th is the end of the semester. Everybody gets that much-needed break. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's been a sprint here. We had a 15-day sprint after Thanksgiving. So we had our Thanksgiving holiday, and now it's 15 days of sprint to the end of this first semester. And, you know, every minute of every day in our classrooms is important. Every, you know, uh, I tell teachers all the time, if you just, if you waste two minutes a day in a class, let's say it's that 50 minutes, 60 minutes, because it's two minutes a day. 
in 180 days of school is 360 minutes. That's six full hours. And so every minute, you can't just take a day off. I mean, your best schools and your best school systems understand the value of teaching from bell to bell and, and not taking days off. And, uh, you know, so that's what we're pushing for right now. Uh, hopefully Thanksgiving gave them that burst, that refreshed, re-energy, uh, <laughs> re-energized them, you know, to, to, to really get after it these 15 days. And then you get a good little break, and we'll start the second semester. So um, that's what we're doing. So is it busy over Christmas? I remember, you know, years and years ago, I talked to somebody in education, and I was like, it's got to be great, you know, over the summertime to have the break and you know, relax. And they were like, you obviously don't know. There are desks in the halls, paint on the walls. It's the busiest time of year. So is Christmas like that, too, or is this the real, yeah. is this your break? Christmas is a real break. You got about two weeks, and most of those days, you'll do some things for a few days because you don't want to just come back you know, and just show up and, and not be prepared. And actually, we have a teacher day the first day when we come back just to make sure everybody's ready. But I would just say you get a couple weeks in July, like that July 4th week, and maybe the week after mm -hmm. that two-week period. Pretty much what I say is you work, you know, uh, June, and then the first part of July, just really finishing up the first semester and kind of building some plans for the next semester, for the next school year. You take a break in July for July 4th. And when you come back from the July 4th holiday, the new school year has pretty much started. I mean, you're three weeks out, but you're still, it's now, you're full go getting everything ready for the new school year. And the new school year runs, and even your, you get a break here or there, but for us, uh, you, you're pretty much working. You get a couple days for Thanksgiving and things like that. But then Christmas is your break. So 4th of July and Christmas are your two big ones. And then Easter, you get a good break at Easter. Those are your kind of your three segmented brand. I know people think teachers work for nine months only, but I say this, like if, if teacher, teachers only work for nine months or three months off, why, and they get paid too much, then why are, why are, uh, why don't we have people lined up outside the door trying to get a job teaching, right? If it was that exactly easy. Right. And so, but anyway, yeah, so this is a good break for us. It really is. Yeah. I've always enjoyed that Christmas, you know, kind of break because not only it's not only do you get the break, but it's almost I tell everybody it's I now get Christmas It's that one time where I can kind of have the break, which is equivalent to the two other breaks, which you only get a few times in life, which are like the I'm getting married. Yeah. And yeah. no one cares. And they like, <laughs> OK, go have fun. And then you get the well, just had a kid, you know. Yeah. And so yeah. for us dads, it's like you can maybe get like a two or three day pass on. Yeah. You know, we just had a baby. But once those are gone everybody else it's like even when you're on vacation nobody else is on vacation but christmas gives us that you're on christmas we're on christmas that's where we are so i'm not expecting you if i email you at christmas it's because i'm just trying to get something out of my head y'all yeah. need to respond back yeah. that's a good point and it is it's christmas everybody's shutting down and it really kind of a with the new year kind of has like a, a friend okay we're starting the next year so it kind of gives you that new energy of hey we're you know it, this is all new. This is all fresh. It's a fresh start. So it's a good time. And I get antsy. I get, uh, like, I start planning, you know, kind of through the, you know, couple weeks. You know, we do the same thing, same day, actually. On the 17th, we send staff home and, you know, they come back after the first of the year. But I'll kind of take that break. I'll deal with all these crazy parties and all that kind of stuff and then start planning. And then I start getting the anxiety where I'm like, I'm ready to get this thing going. I want to implement some of this. I want to call somebody, you know, hey, what's the idea? You know, hey, what do you think of this? I came up, we're going to do all these things. And we're going to yeah. do them on the day we get back before lunch, you know. Right, right. Isn't that great, though, when you kind of shut down and you turn your brain off just a little bit and let it kind of almost reboot? Mm -hmm. Then things just start ideas. Maybe something you couldn't solve. You come up and you go, 
Oh, there's an idea. I could, that's how I'm going to fix that, right? It's amazing. Sometimes your brain just needs to shut down. I think there's science to it. I'll leave you with this one. <laughs> I read a documentary or watched a documentary on Bill Gates. And Bill Gates, even to this day, he has what he calls Think Week. And he goes away, I forget where it was, to this little bitty, I'm talking like it's this little cabin that's probably no bigger, you know, your office is probably bigger than this cabin or mine is. But he just brings, doesn't bring the computer, just brings a stack of books and reads and spends the whole week without talking to people and just thinking through things. And says that's where a lot of the ideas, that's where all the planning comes in. And it's like, that's kind of not a bad idea. It's pretty good. So It's pretty good. Yeah. I'll try that. <laughs> so, I'm always afraid I'm gonna forget the new, the fresh idea pops into my head. Like I have to text it or email it to myself because I think I'm gonna forget it. Exactly. That's I used to sleep with a notepad next to the bed. Now I just use the phone. <laughs> there you go. Well, look, sir, I appreciate you spending some time yeah. with me. And if I don't see you before Christmas, or you know, have a merry Christmas, yeah. happy New Year, and you know, we're getting through it. We're almost yeah. there. Yeah, and I'm going to put you on the spot real quick, though. I don't know. Uh, we talked about the podcast that we're doing for school leadership. I need you to, I need to check it out and give me a, give me some pointers. You're the master of it, I, and we're, we're not great yet, but it's called Testimonies Over Test Scores, and check it out. I like that. That's, I didn't get the name of it before. So okay. we need yeah. to get everybody to go. It's Testimony it's, Over Test Scores. Testimonies Over Test Scores. It's really just talking about that more importantly than test, more important than test scores are our impacts on students um as people you know yeah obviously test scores are important and success is important right but we're also impacting lives we're also those 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 scores reflect a human being and what kind of person are our students when they leave us right and just the, the three critical things of that is you know what do they know is important but what skills do they have and what kind of person are they is are equally important so you know we're not just dispensers of knowledge we are developers of human beings to prepare them so they can go off and, and chase their dreams, pursue their dreams, make the world a better place. And so the focus of it is called Testimonies Over Test Scores, and it's the tagline is School Leadership for Christians. It's from a Christian perspective. And that, uh, That's we just amazing. Yep. Yeah. So check it out when you get hopefully, a chance. You got, you got another follower, and hopefully you got some more there now that I know a name and I can go find it. Go I find think it. That's amazing. I think it's, yeah. that's so what people need. So you got the first episodes out? Yeah, so actually we have nine of them. Have re we're releasing them every Monday. And season one, which is 10 episodes, we'll finish up this coming Monday. We'll have our 10th episode released. And that'll be season one. We'll start season two, January 3rd, I think. And, uh, yeah, every Monday. And it's been good. We've had some good guests on it. So uh, be ready to join the queue uh, to yeah. come be a part of that for us. I, I'm, I'm, see, I'm putting you on the spot because this is recorded. I know you can delete it, though. But you can edit it. That you have to come be one of our guests. I'd be more than happy to be a guest. I'm never. I'm usually not the guest, and then when I am the guest, they normally don't have me come back because I drag it out forever. No, like we didn't need to talk about all that. So. Right, that's what we want. We love it. We do them, but we keep them about thirty minutes because we know people. You know, it's just kind of a show. It's really meant to encourage school leaders. That's the the and school leaders being teachers too. They're leaders. They're leaders of kids, right? And uh, just yeah. we've been called to this. It has to be a calling, and uh, we want to impact people in a positive way, and mostly children, mostly kids. And uh, just encouraging those that are in those in that field. So yeah, man, check it out. Awesome, I'm getting it today. I appreciate right. it, sir. Thank you, man. Have you. an awesome day. Yep. Have a good evening, and we'll talk again soon. I appreciate you. Thanks. All right.